This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Great to have you along. And I was asking you before the break, does someone you know and care about use a food bank? The chances of this being the case are higher than they were a decade ago as the recession was just getting underway. The annual Who's Hungry report by the Daily Bread Food Bank and North York Harvest is now out and reveals a snapshot on a decade of increasing hunger. Joining me in the studio to discuss is Ryan Noble, executive director of North York Harvest. Thanks for coming in, Ryan. Thanks for having me. When the recession of 2008 was just beginning, food bank use went up by 10%. This is what your report says. But your report also says that the food bank has not returned, the use of food banks has not returned to pre-2008 levels. Why is that? Well, I think... um, what we've seen over the 10-year period is a, a tremendously strong economic recovery in many spheres. So we have, you know, record stock market performance, at least up until the last couple of weeks, record real estate performance, and at the same time, record food bank usage. And so every case is unique. Every case is complex. Um, but the broad strokes, the simple answer is uh, people's income, and that's, this is true whether we're talking about wages derived from employment or social assistance benefits, have Um, nowhere near kept pace with the skyrocketing cost of living. And predominantly, uh, that's due to housing affordability. So if you think of an individual, their household ledger, if you will, on one hand, the income is stagnant or or moving up slowly. On the other uh, side of that ledger, uh, your housing costs and and other associated costs of living, whether we're talking about childcare or healthcare education, are Um, increasing much more rapidly. So Mm -hmm. that difference means that people need to find areas where they can cut costs, even if it's not great areas to cut, such as food. So one per, you know one can skip a meal. You shouldn't do that, and, and it'll lead to, to poor, um, poor outcomes down the road. But uh, you can do that in a way that you can't skip a rent payment, for mm-hmm. example, or a utility bill or something like that. Right. Um, the seniors advocacy group CARP, a new vision of aging here out, uh, out of the Zoomerplex as well, I had a campaign last year called Heat or Eat. Uh, because of the skyrocketing costs around heating your home. And I would imagine that is why seniors demographically are uh, seeing increased use of the food banks. Absolutely. So we're seeing an increase in a couple of uh, troubling areas. Seniors being, well, we're seeing a a general aging of the food bank uh, client base uh, in general, um, particularly amongst uh, seniors. Uh, We're also seeing uh, people sort of age 45 and up, particularly those that are single, so single parents predominantly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also, and this is probably uh, one of the more troubling um, features as well, uh, we're seeing a a sharp increase in the number of people who identify as having a disability or a serious illness. 
We want to hear from you today as well, and I know it's not something you may want to admit to, and that's part of what I want to discuss with Ryan as well, but have you ever used a food bank? Has the food bank helped you out in a way, uh, allowed you to kind of get back on your feet in a situation where maybe your income uh, was cut short for whatever reason? What has that experience been like for you? Do you know somebody who you wouldn't have expected to use the food bank and maybe found out that that is the case. We'd like to hear your calls and your stories because it really puts a face to the problem, the stories that we hear about uh, the actual individuals who are going to food banks. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And the great thing about radio is you can always be anonymous. Where in the city, Ryan, are... um, residents using the food bank the most? Where are they coming from? We're seeing a really pronounced, and we have seen this over this 10-year period, a really pronounced migration of the need for food banks out of the downtown core or the old city of Toronto into what we refer to as the inner suburbs. Uh, So places like Etobicoke, North York, uh, and Scarborough. And so that's really being driven, again, by this issue of affordable housing. Um, You know, frankly, uh, or simply put, uh, people can't afford to live in the downtown core. So they're moving outwards to the edges of the city in an attempt to find uh, more affordable housing and indeed beyond the city limits into the broader GTA. And how does it work? Where are the food bank depots? Where So if you're living in Etobicoke, you're living in Scarborough, uh, I mean, we know about North York Harvest, we know about the Daily Bread Food Bank, but uh, in terms of the locations... uh, of these actual places where the food is shelved? That's a great question, and it's one of the compounding challenges of this migration out of the downtown core, because you're moving now into areas where uh, historically they haven't had the same demand, and so the services, whether we're talking about food banks or other supporting services, settlement agencies, or even things like transit and good jobs, don't exist in that northern half of the city in the same uh, extent that they that they do in the downtown core. So you're seeing a migration of people into an area that is less and less equipped uh, to serve them. Now, that being said, if uh, anybody is looking for a food bank for service, uh, the easiest way is to go onto our website or give us a call, and there's a referral tool based on uh, where you live that will connect you to the closest uh, closest agency. Okay, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. We're talking about using the food bank and how, unfortunately, it has become more common over the last 10 years. Let's go to Martha in Midland. Hi, Martha. What story would you like to share? Oh, uh, Jane, um, a number of years ago, my daughter ran into a situation where she was unemployed and living in a friend's basement, and she just had no money coming in. So she relied on the food bank. The good news is she's no longer there. Everything has turned around. She's doing well with her life. But I've always wanted to repay the food bank for the help that they did, but I'm a senior on limited income. So my solution to this whole thing is I collect PC points, and I have I have $100 or so regularly to spend, and I take about $50 at a time, and I buy food for the food bank with my PC points, and I donate it that way. So it's not coming out of my pocket, but it is doing some good, and maybe other people might think they could do the same thing. 
Martha, that's a, what a really nice idea. And, and, and I know, too, and I want to ask you about your daughter in a second, but Ryan, when you uh, have money donated, you can buy so much more food than when actual food is donated, right? That's true. I mean, both sources of donations are really critical for us, and you're absolutely right. A cash donation allows us to usually make that dollar go much further. I mean, we can buy things at wholesale or at cheaper prices. At the same time, if we needed to purchase all of the food that's required to be distributed through our network, we'd need millions and millions more uh, than our budget allows. So donating uh, food through a food drive or at a grocery store or fire hall is also a really critical uh, way that you can support us. Martha, thank you for calling. And uh, how long was your daughter using the food bank as a transitional time in her life? Probably only six months because she got really angry, dug her heels in and decided to change her life and um, never resorted to drugs or alcohol. She just decided that she was going to turn things around. So she has, and I'm very, very proud of her. Um, I have one question for the gentleman. My concern is, what should I buy? Like, I buy cases of soup, um, and I buy boxes of cereal, but what do they need in in the winter? This is where I'm, I'm going to be shopping tomorrow. Oh, great. Okay, Martha, we'll get that answer for you. Thank, thank you for calling. Thank you, Jane. Have a good day. You too. Go ahead, Ryan. So first, uh, thanks, Martha, for sharing your story. Um, uh, That's great that uh, the food bank was able to help. Uh, To answer your question, the easiest answer um, is... The food bank requires and our clients require the same types of food you would want to serve uh, your friends or your family. So we're looking for nutritionally dense uh, products and and obviously shelf-stable ones because many food banks uh, lack refrigeration. Uh, To get a little bit more specific, uh, some of the priority items that North York Harvest is looking for at the moment uh, include canned uh, beans, uh, rice, uh, canned tomatoes, Uh, canned tuna or or salmon or canned seafood, uh, and cooking oil, which is one thing that people don't always think of, um, but you need cooking oil to cook basically anything. Uh, It can be a very expensive product, and that goes a long way as well. Ryan, I guess, you know, the irony uh, of the goal of a food bank is to put itself out of business. Exactly. Right. And and so with that in mind, uh, this new report that's come out, the Who's Hungry report, what kinds of recommendations are being made to reduce food bank use? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. Um, the reality is with a million visits to food banks or just, just short of a million visits to food banks a year, uh, food banks require help from the community. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say that. At the same time, Food banks were never designed to replace a social safety net and cannot replace good public policy. Um, And so the Who's Hungry report also, while it looks back over the previous 10 years, I think asks some pretty tough questions about where we're going over the next 10 years. Uh, So some specific recommendations, and I think we have a great opportunity right now. We have a relatively new government at Queen's Park. Uh, We have an even newer government at City Hall um, at the municipal level. And so I think I'm I'm calling on all levels of government uh, to address some of the concerns that previous governments haven't done over that 10-year period. Uh, So specifically, some reforms to social assistance rates. Uh, About two-thirds of food bank clients rely on one of two social assistance programs for their income, Ontario Works or Ontario Disability Support. And the vast majority uh, are, as I said, suffering from a disability or a serious illness. Uh, So to me, that's pretty clear evidence that those rates uh, are not sufficient to deal with the cost of living uh, here in a city like Toronto in 2018. Uh, So we need to raise those rates. We need to index those better to inflation so that when costs rise, the the safety net is rising at the same rate. Um, But in addition to that, there's other reforms making it easier 
for people to save and to work while receiving social assistance benefits, uh, cutting some of the red tape so people understand how to access benefits and, and, and are able to do that easier are certainly things that would go a long way. And then, as I said, on the other side of, of a household ledger is housing. We've heard a lot of promises and pledges about affordable housing and commitments to affordable housing. Uh, and we're here through uh, research like the Who's Hungry Report and with our colleagues from Daily Bread Food Bank and other food security organizations uh, to continue to push uh, to see those changes materialize. Okay, let's get back to the phones here. Zoomer Radio, Jane for Libby and Ryan Noble from North York Harvest. Let's go to Colin in Toronto. Hi, Colin. Hi. Uh, I was wondering if there are any safeguards uh, to catch people who are financially stable, who are who shouldn't be using these food banks, who would just want to spend the money on something else. <laughs> Do you actually have individuals like that? Um, we actually think that the problem is more on the other side, of communicating to people who aren't using food banks who could benefit from the service. So whether that's due to a stigma issue or uh, lack of awareness that a food bank exists or operating hours that, you know, that don't meet someone's class schedule or work schedule or, or what have you. Uh, but to answer Colin's question directly, uh, when, at least in the North York Harvest food banks, when someone comes to a food bank for the first time, there is a registration process. So we don't screen uh, for income or anything like that, but you do speak to a trained staff member of North York Harvest who's a uh, trained social worker. So there is a a human-to-human contact uh, that happens prior uh, to, to then being admitted or registered at the food bank. So nobody would ever be turned away. Uh, nobody will be turned away, um, uh, but the reality is we, we struggle to make the experience as dignified and as welcoming as possible. Um, and, you know, being in, in a food bank firsthand, you, you, you see that the real issue is how do we expend, ex- expand this service to more people who need it rather than the other way around. Let's go to Wayne in Toronto. Hi, Wayne. You're on Zoomer Radio. Hi, how are you? Uh, yes, I'm calling in because I am a food bank user myself, and I've just uh, recently started using the uh, food bank because of a financial situation that I found myself in. But anyways, my concern was that I see many, many times, like when they're collecting all these here foods that are donated and then distributed out to the different food banks around the city. But what I find is when I go there, all the good things that you see, like cans of stews and cans of soups and stuff like that, you don't find them in the actual food banks. Like, you'll, you'll come out of there with a can of tomatoes and a can of beets, maybe a package of, uh, of, uh, of uh, pasta and a little bit of bread. And, uh, like, there's no cereals or anything like that. You'll get, like, a pack of bologna, frozen bologna, and maybe a one-round pack of uh, frozen minced chicken. And then the rest of the stuff is, like, licorice and uh, maybe a can of kidney beans. But there are, like, no cereals, there's no cans of soups, there's no cans of stews and all those things like that. And I'm just wondering, like, you see those things being donated on television, but you don't find them in the food bank. I'm just wondering, why do the food banks not have those? Okay, Wayne, thank you. Good question. I think, uh, Wayne, the simple answer is... You know, it's a supply and demand challenge for us. Um, you know, trying to receive with a million visits to food banks in the city, you can imagine that's a, that's a lot of food that's required. And it's difficult for us, and I'll be honest about that. And I guess that's why we're hearing about certain items that are needed. These are the kinds of things Wayne is 
talking about. That you're running low on, right. which is why we put the, the alerts out. So, I mean, it does uh, indicate some of the shortfalls in a charitable-based system. We, we can only distribute, frankly, what we receive. So that's why we uh, try very hard to get the word out and to get donations. That's why it's so important uh, to get those donations uh, coming through. And, and, Jane, to your question earlier about between cash and uh, food donations, that's why those specific food donations are so important to us. Wayne, thank you for calling in. All the well, best to you. Thank you very much. And, and uh, God bless those food banks. <laughs> Thanks, Wayne. Same Sounds like Bye-bye. it, yes. Let's go to Kristen in Jarvis, Ontario. Go ahead, Kristen. Hi. Um, I used the food bank when I was a single mom. And um, I, where I lived in Acton, they only opened once a month. So it was it was difficult to get it, but it was the best thing that I could do, just make ends meet with the small paychecks I was getting and no support, et cetera, et cetera. But now... Um, the Boy Scouts actually collect food once, uh, twice a year, and I make sure that I buy $30 worth of food for them to pick up on my front porch. Oh, so you have given back. Absolutely. Um, the only thing I find a concern as when with the food bank is, is I think some people just clean their cupboards out and everything. Some things are expired. Ah. And there was one time that we got a Tetra apple juice, and I put it in the fridge, and when I went to open it, it was black and rotten because somebody had opened it, then gave it to the food bank, and they didn't realize it, and I got it. Yeah, so um, how much of a screening process is there for the food, Ryan? Because that's a great point that Kristen brings up. You you guys have to be checking the expiry dates when food comes in. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a sorting process that we have uh, core individuals, volunteers, and staff that, that uh, operate, and we also bring in community groups or other volunteer groups to go through and uh, sort food out for safety issues to make sure, let's say, a can is not damaged or dented, uh, that it's properly labeled so people know what, what they have, uh, and, of course, that the uh, best before dates that were within a safe um, a, a safe time frame from right me. Kristen thanks for your story of hope too that was very nice of you to call thank you thanks, okay Kristen. we'll take one more call I know I, we could probably keep talking to the top of the hour but I do want to get we have a doctor joining us to talk about uh, irritable bowel syndrome which is a growing problem among older Canadians so we do want to get to that discussion as well but I'll take one more call here Joe in Stouffville go ahead Yes, I just wanted to uh, pass along my experience. Um, I was living uh, up north, and I saw people coming around to our... I was sitting on an outdoor patio, and they were trying to sell me some food, which they had gotten from the food bank. I guess they just wanted to raise some money. And there was another another instant, uh, instance... I'm just wondering how well you screen these people, because um, there was another instance where... Uh, where I used to work, a car, a, a van pulled up, late model van, and the driver was smoking his cigarettes. His wife gets out, walks down the street to the food bank, and comes back, and uh, and they got their their free food. And I'm just wondering. How well are people screened for using the food bank? Yeah, well, thank you, Joe, for the call. Ryan, Did you did address that. Uh, I think it, it feels like these s- stories, I mean, sh- there are always people who want to beat the system, but these would be sort of the rare exception, I would think, right? Absolutely. Um, and again, with a million visits, um, there things will happen. I, I, I can't, I can't 
contradict that. But again, we see the much larger problem mm -hmm. is, and our research and estimates are there's probably three to four times as many people that are coming to food banks who should or could be really benefiting from. So we see our bigger challenge, frankly, is removing barriers, making it easier, more dignified, and more welcoming uh, for people to come in. But again, in addition to the food that they're receiving, uh, at least at North York Harvest run food banks, uh, your, your meeting with a personal support worker, someone who's trained to understand what your issues are, and hopefully refer you to other solutions to deal with the root cause of why you're coming to a food bank in the first place. To that end, uh, what would you recommend for people who are in the situation uh, that you're referencing there in terms of a phone number, a website? So you can, uh, if you live in the northern half of the city, uh, you can look to North York Harvest uh, Food Bank for support. You can go on our website, northyorkharvest.com. Uh, you can give us a call at 416-635-7771. Um, and we can refer you based on where you live to uh, what your closest agency uh, of support would be. Same thing will happen in the south uh, end of the city, uh, but you'd be calling Daily Bread Food Bank. Uh, okay. And they'll give you the same support. Let me give you that phone number again, because if you're in a situation where uh, you are looking for food and looking for assistance uh, to to curb the hunger that may be in your life. You certainly don't have a computer or the internet. 416-635-7771. 416-635-7771. Ryan, thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Ryan Noble, Executive Director of North York Harvest. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.